seven years later, she was brought to my house, hurt bad. She got beaten up really bad by her husband, and he was hitting her all over her, just all over her body with the butt of a 30 6 Welcome, my friends, to The Storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. On today's program, we'll hear more from Nida Nelson, an Aleut from Alaska, as she shares about what happened to her sister and the confidence she has because of God's saving grace that someday they'll be together again. And after I accepted the Lord, and I was so excited, I told Mom, I said, you know, I got saved. I asked Jesus to come into my heart, and, you know, did you ever do that? And Mom, I want you to do that so you can go to heaven too. And, and she just put her head down and started crying. She said, they used to preach that all the time, a long time ago. I said, why don't they do it? She said, I don't know. And she just would kind of, you know, walk out the door and not want to talk about it, but she'd be crying. My sister came and she says, why are you making trouble? I said, making trouble? With who? She said, with your husband and with mom. I said, I'm not making trouble with them. I says, my husband's still home. Mom comes and see me. And she says, what would dad do if he was here? I said, I think dad would understand. And she said, Okay, you're not my sister anymore. And I says, you know, no matter what you say, you're to me, you're my sister. You're my older sister. I said, and I want you to remember that. She says, well, I'm not your sister. She was walking out the door, and then she came back in and pointed her finger right at me, and she says, another thing. I said, what? She said, don't pray for me. I says, Kitty, you can claim that I'm not your sister anymore. If you didn't want to come and see me anymore, you don't have to do that. But prayer, you cannot take away from me. Mom had problems with her legs. My children, you know, by now they had gone to Sunday school a lot, and they'd say, Grandma, you have to come to church. you got to come in the living room. So she'd get up and go in there. And, and my son was about five years old. He'd preach. My daughter would play play the piano, you know, she just clinks, and they'd sing, and and he would preach, he'd preach the salvation. There were times mom would get up and walk into the bedroom crying, and over and over they did that, and sometimes she'd be sitting in a, by the dining room table, and they says, Grandma, we're going to have church, and she says, no, I'm not going, and so they'd put the box in front of her, and they'd go right in front of her and have church. <laughs> and because of that, she accepted the Lord later, you know, because these kids just wouldn't leave her. You know, she'd come to my house and says, don't change, don't change. I'd say, I, I don't plan on changing, you know. After years of seeing me living for the Lord, she'd say, don't change. She accepted the Lord. My sister, the one that came to my house and told me not to pray for her, seven years later she was brought to my house hurt bad. She got beaten up really bad by her husband, and he was hitting her all over her, just all over her body 
with a butt of a .30-06. He was drunk, and he was just always beating her. I mean, there were so many people that drank, you know, they fight, they beat on each other, and they were that way, and he just totally mistreated her. She was so insecure that she was like a different person. You know, she was always fun and just good to be around. But when she was with them, you know, they were drinking a lot. She was insecure. She acted scared and almost like she didn't have a mind of her own. You know, she was just living in fear, I would say. Living in fear and in more ways than one, you know. And uh, he would just beat her just because he was jealous or he was drunk. And when I saw her, she would always have bruises on her face and just act real afraid all the time, living in fear. She had to be brought to my house. I said, can I go? They said, no, you know, they're drunks up there. My husband went up and got her. I went into the bedroom to, you know, pray for her that she'd be okay, that they would protect those that are going up there. And I wanted to quote Romans 8.28, and I couldn't think of it. I just went blank. I said, Lord, you know what verse I'm trying to think of? I'm claiming this for right now. And then I heard the Jeep coming, so I went out there, and I was excited to see her. She said, don't touch me. I couldn't even hug her. And I thought she was going to die right then, you know, that night. I couldn't even put a blanket over her. I had to put the couch and put the blanket over from the back so it wouldn't, the sheet wouldn't touch her because she was hurting that bad. And she says, Nida, thank you for praying for me. She said, there were times we're out in a boat in the dark and a little skiff and rough and we're drunk, but I'd always remember you're praying for me. We're traveling on thin ice, and I know night is praying for me. She never forgot that I told her I would never stop praying for her. She accepted the Lord that night. In the morning, we had to send her off to the hospital, which she had to be flown out, you know, which is a hundred and some miles away. In a few days, she came back, and then uh, we just kept her at our house, let her stay, because, you know, they sent him off to jail or something. And she was doing so good. She got to know my children. My kids got to know her. My youngest little girl, my sister taught her how to sew and do things. And we had such a good time with her. And then she said, well, I'm going to go down at the cannery and see if I could work at the cannery. And so she went down there, got a job, and was working like she was working for probably two weeks. And... Uh, course there's a local bar there and this one guy there and she knew who he was he came up to her and he says hey you know I've been up the bar quite a few times since I came but he said I haven't seen Kitty do you know where she is is she okay and she said who he says Kitty you know Kitty and Emil and she said yeah and she thought he was being funny. And he says, well, I haven't seen her. Where is she? She said, I'm Kitty. And he said, no, you're not. And she said, yes, I am. She said, I quit drinking. I got saved. There was such a change in her life. Even it was like her outward appearance just changed. 
and the way she talked, you know, and she was so changed that even her outward appearance truly showed it there. And her husband kept calling her and calling her and, you know, he wrote her letters. And so she came in and they had gone down to a town of Seward and uh, he wanted her to drink. Because he had her all alone down there, he thought he could. And he said, I want you to drink. And she says, no, I don't want to drink. I don't drink anymore. I'm a Christian. And he pushed her down the stairs. And because she already had these internal injuries, she fell down those stairs and was hurt and died. She went to be with the Lord. We had come through town. She was here in town. We had visited my other sister, and she, we were at some friend's house here. And she called, and I talked to her and asked her how she was. She said, I'm good. And I said, okay, Kitty, I'm so glad you called. And I said, goodbye. She said, bye. And after I hung up, he came up to me, and he says, why did you say that? I said, say what? Why did you say goodbye to her? I said, we were getting off the phone, and that was the last time I talked to her. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, even Annalie Bach, she, she said, well, you made it sound final. I said, well, I didn't mean to. I want to see her again. <laughs> but here they were both saying, why did you say it like that? And all I did was say goodbye. <laughs> and I had no idea, you know, that was going to be the last time I talked to her. But it isn't the last time I'm going to talk to her. I'll see her again. <laughs> Because there was such a change in my life when I accepted the Lord. You know, for a whole year, the times I was going to church, just wanting to look for excuses why I shouldn't go, thinking of what I heard and the others, making excuses for myself. And, you know, I kept putting it off, putting it off, and I would try to find my own answers, and I would want to listen to other people that would probably be thinking like me. and But, you know, the Lord wouldn't leave me alone. The Lord Jesus Christ died for my sins, and he loved me. And he let me know, he just constantly reminded me that he died for my sins. And, uh, you know, you just look out at nature and think, you know, why is these grass growing, the trees, things like that. You know, there's got to be something. And this is the Lord working in my life in any way he can. And uh, I put it off, I fought it, I was hurt, I cried. I, I wished I could be born again, but I wasn't doing it. But you know, when I accepted the Lord, I was born again. The Bible says, that you can be born again. What a change it made in my life. You know, it was like, wow, a, you know, like a, just a load of, just like I had a load off of me. I was free. I didn't have that guilt I had. And now I knew if I had guilt, I could just ask the Lord to forgive me and he'd forgive me. And I'm never sorry that I did because what a change in my life it made. As I read the Bible now, it was alive. It was, 
and it was like, wow, <laughs> you know, the preacher's right. I did not understand it, and at the time before, I thought, it, does he think I'm stupid? I can't understand it. And now as I read it, it was alive, and, you know, he was talking to me, and when I pray, I'm talking to him, and even if I was all alone, I wasn't alone because he was right there with me all the time. This is what God does when he makes someone who was once dead in sin alive in Jesus Christ. That's what he did for Nida. That's what he did for Kitty. And that's what he can do for you. The Bible tells us that the payment for sin is death. In an act of love that should take our breath away, Jesus made that payment on our behalf by his death on the cross. Then God raised Jesus from the dead, proving that sin's debt was fully paid. He did this so we could be forgiven and live with him forever. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. My friend, Jesus is telling the truth. One day, Nida will see Kitty again. And more importantly, she'll see the one who died for her so that she could live. How about you? If you have any questions or comments, you can write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. That's The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. Our phone number is 877-766-4648. That's 877-766-4648. You can also find us online at withoutreservation.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. My friends, there are more amazing stories to tell, so be sure to join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.